Welcome to episode 42 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lapore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. If you're a new listener and you enjoy the show, it would be a big time help if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you like the content, We would appreciate it so much if you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. All right, everybody. As of Monday, November 22nd, 2021, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still on a heater. They have won 11 of their last 13 games. Things are looking good. In Leafland right now. They just went three and one over their past week. They are one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. Something Leafs Nation must be just absolutely flabbergasted to hear, but it's absolutely true. This team has been excellent defensively. We are going to go over the week that was and give you our thoughts and opinions on everything that went down with this team and more than that. So stay tuned for some fun topics a little later. But before we get into all that, it is time to welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lapore. How you doing, buddy? Leaves are buzzing, Anthony Bruno. I'm doing well. Things are great. All us Leafs fans are walking with a strut, but other fan bases are quick to uh, put us down, I'm sure, and tell us to wait for the playoffs. But heck, for right now, we can smile. Episode 42, shout out goes to Tyler Bozak, former, f- former first line center of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we all love Bozy. As people I'm sure remember, he was a college free agent and he could have went anywhere and he chose to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs because that was his, uh, his childhood team. Kind of weird that another sort of like non-deserving first line center, Kyle Wellwood also wore for 42 and he was kind of like a fan favorite too. Right. So Similar players. I mean, I don't know where Kyle Wellwood is now, but Bozak went on to uh, St. Louis, won a cup. And it's not too often you're happy to see a guy who used to play for your team win the cup. But uh, I'm sure Leafs fans everywhere were happy for Bozy. And just uh, a reminder to everyone, it's still going on on the GFP podcast. We are still looking to give away this authentic Adidas Mitch Marner jersey. As we've said on previous podcasts, if you'd like to enter the contest to get your hands on that jersey, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and comment down below with your Instagram handle so we can get a hold of you if you win, where you're from, and if you were the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who would you put as Mitch Marner's line mates and why? Love it, Lapore. Please get your entries in because we are giving away this jersey very, very soon. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, time is running out. And like Lapore said, if you want to get your hands on an authentic Mitch Marner Toronto Maple Leafs home jersey, all you have to do is like this video, subscribe to the channel, and in the comment section down below, leave your Instagram handle, tell us where you're from. And if you were the coach of the Leafs, who would you have? as Mitch Marner's line mates and why. So get those entries in. We're giving away the jersey very, very soon. All right, Lapore, it's time to get into some hockey talk now. Let's do it. It was another awesome week for the Leafs, just to go over the week that was briefly. So Tuesday, 
In Toronto, the Leafs hosted the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. And just to go over some news and notes, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner reunited on the first line alongside Nick Ritchie because we had seen Matthews playing with William Nylander and Marner playing with John Tavares and Nick Ritchie had been demoted, but we saw the three of them back together on the top line. Timothy Lilligren was scratched for Travis Dermott. Um, but none of it mattered because Jack Campbell made 24 saves <laughs> for his third shutout of the season. Leafs got goals for Matthews, Camp, and Marner. And we'll go over this game um, a little bit later. But Matthews legit could have scored like four goals in this game. He's been one of the most unlucky players in the league. It's actually crazy watching no night in and night out some of the chances he gets. But Leafs started the week with a 3 nothing win. And then on Thursday night, they hosted the Rangers. And Dermott came back into the lineup. Or sorry, Dermott was in the lineup for Lilligren once again. So there's been a little bit of shuffling with those guys in and out of the lineup. The Leafs right now, seven quality NHL defensemen. And say what you want about, you know, Lilligren and Dermott and Justin Hall. But this is a team right now that has is seven deep on the blue line. Something that you couldn't say about the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last few seasons. So that's, you know, not too many news and notes other than that. But once again, the Leafs were excellent defensively. Didn't really give the Rangers anything. Morgan Riley, two goals in this game. And that's all the Leafs needed because Jack Campbell made 27 saves in the win as the Leafs picked up a 2-1 victory. And then Saturday night, the Penguins came into Scotiabank Arena. We saw Timothy Lilligren come back into the lineup. Travis Dermott with a, was a healthy scratch this time. But the Leafs were shut out for the first time all season Disgusting. as Pittsburgh won 2 nothing. And you know what? Jack Campbell was still really good in this game, making 29 <laughs> saves in the loss. The Leafs were 0-4 for 4 on the power play. They had a pretty brutal 5-on-3 as well, and we can Ugh. get into some power play talk later in the show as well. But it, it wasn't a terrible game for the Leafs, but like I said, shut out for the first time all season. But then they bounced back on Sunday night at UBS Arena, taking on the New York Islanders, Joseph Wall making his second career NHL start on the back-to-back, picked up his first career NHL shutout, making 20 saves as the Leafs picked up a 3-1 victory and went 3-1 and on the week. So, Lepore, I'm going to turn it over to you. We can, you know, go back to that first game on Tuesday against the Predators, but give us your take on how the Leafs looked this week and specifically against Nashville. Okay. So let's attack that game. Uh, it's funny because we've said on the podcast, how we feel blessed this season to actually watch other teams just because we were so bored of playing those Canadian teams over and over again. I think it was Gord Miller. He pointed out when they were dropping the puck that it was the first time the Nashville predators were in Toronto in three years. Crazy. Like, like stop, stop and think about that for a second. Three years since Nashville was in Toronto this game, this game was a weird game, man. Like when you look at it, it's one of those, it's very hockey in the way that the Leafs on paper and you look at the metrics and the stats completely dominated, but the game could have been flipped quite a few times. And you can say that often when your goalie gets a shutout, but there were a lot of instances where Nashville could have turned this game on its head early in the game. You made a huge save on, on a two on one, like very early in the game. So the Leafs, very easily could have been chasing a game at home, but no Campbell shuts the door. And then a little later, Matthew is able to score on the power play 
off a pass from Willie and the Leafs go up one, nothing like little things, right? Little things to get those victories. Um, a little later in the period, you mentioned uh, Austin Matthews and how good he's looked, but the puck just qu- uh, hasn't quite been going in for him. He was absolutely robbed by Soros. Absolutely robbed. And he j- actually joked in the intermission that he went over to him and said, nice save. Like, I'm sure I mean, he did that with some regret. You never want to do that, but he respected it. What a save that was by Soros. I'm sure at the end of the year when they show those like top tens like that very well may be on the list. Uh, moving on to the second, like, as I mentioned, like this game could have been turned around quite a few times. Duchesne hit the post. I think it might've been even like first shift of the period. So Leafs dodge a bullet. Um, and then this is a funny one, Bruno. So Matthews gets a rebound. It was actually a great play by Dermott. He came in off the left, uh, off the left point, cut in through the puck in front. It trickled loose for Matthews. And I don't know if it was because the puck was on edge or just Matthews being Matthews. He tried to kind of roof it into the top of the net, but he hit, hit like the crossbar and the post, I believe, and trickled across the line, didn't go in. They originally thought it was a goal, reviewed it, and never went in. I got to say, man, that's one of the worst misses I've ever seen. It, it was pretty bad. And honestly, man, that I think right there just shows you the entire picture of what's been going on with Matthews this season. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, it was it's a ridiculous. It's like, how the hell does... I, it, it was a bad miss, but it's like, how the hell does that not go in the net? Yeah. Like, there was, like, some wizardry and some crazy shit going on there for that puck to not cross the line. Yeah, there's a saying in soccer, like, when a player misses an open net that the commentators say it would have been easier to score. Like, no question on that play. It would have been easier for Matthews to score real. than do what he did. So, uh, Leafs go into the third period up by one. And again, early in the period, the game could have been turned around. Novak for the Predators hits the post. So, Leafs continue uh, continue the game with a 2 nothing lead. And this, I absolutely love to see. Like, we talked, about, we talked before about Kasha and Camp and how good they've looked. They were incredible in this game. Absolutely incredible, like playing so hard, doing the dirt, doing uh, the dirty work, all the little things right. And it was so awesome to see them rewarded with a goal. The puck went in down low and it was Kerfoot, my wife's favorite player, of course, who got it out to Kasha, to Kampf, back of the net. Uh, and that made it 2 nothing for the Leafs. So a little bit of breathing room at that point. And it was uh, Mitch Marner who made a nice little move on uh, uh, in the neutral zone to give himself some space to slide in an empty netter. So the Leafs win three nothing. Uh, shout out to our uh, our boy Jack Campbell for the shutout and the shot total for the game. The shot uh, the final totals for the game were 34-24 in favor of the Leafs. And Money Puck had this game ready for it. Eighty seven percent of the time the Maple wow. Leafs would have won this game. And I checked it. I think it was either in the second or the third period. It was in the nineties. Like the Leafs were, uh, the Leafs were that far ahead of, of the predators with regard to the underlying numbers, but it's that thing, right? Like you can look at that and you can smile because it shows how well the Leafs are playing. But at the same time, it was three, nothing with an empty netter. And they went into the third period only up by one. And I mentioned all those chances Nashville had like early in the first, early in the second, early in the third, hitting posts, Campbell making saves. So again, this game could have been turned around 
So when we look at a game like this, Bruno, should we be happy that the Leafs played so well or kind of scared and disappointed that they didn't blow the Predators out? Because at the end of the day, you look at the the numbers of the game, like the Leafs should have won this game 8-0. Like, like it was absolutely ridiculous. So I'll let you answer that question. I think it's a little bit of both because, you know, there have been times this season where you feel like the Leafs are on the verge of just blowing the doors off a team, but we haven't seen it. So even though, you know, they lead the league in shot attempts, they constantly have the puck in the other team's end. They're creating all of these scoring chances. That's all great to see, but it hasn't been, it hasn't been showing up in the score sheet this season on a consistent basis whatsoever. Like this team right now, Lapore is 26th in the league in goals per game. Is it just me or do like, I'd like to look it up. I feel like, I feel like we don't score in the first. I feel like we never like really capitalize on our chances in the first period. I'm like, they never score, but I think people know what I'm getting at. Just saying. No, no, I know what you mean. It's like, think about a time this year where the Leafs have come out of the first period with like a two, nothing or a three, nothing. Yeah, exactly. I can't even think of a game. Yeah. And the game's over. Like, yeah, you look at their record and you think this is a team that like ends games early. They don't. Like, they definitely don't end games early. Like, for for example, I was watching Edmonton play Chicago on Saturday night, uh, the late game on Hockey Night in Canada. The first period, Edmonton just puts up three goals, like, in the blink yeah. of an eye. It's over. Like, yeah. they get a couple power plays. They get a five-on-three. Like, they scored within 20 seconds of going on a two-man advantage. And you compare that to the Leafs with times <laughs> this season Leafs. when they've had a two-man advantage where it's like everyone's skating around. No one knows what to do. They're looking for the perfect pass. And, and I get it. The Leafs power play has been a lot better recently, but there are still moments where they're on the power play and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Whereas, you know, I'm watching the Oilers power play on Saturday night. McDavid just kind of makes one move, cross ice to dry sidle, passes back to Tyson Berry. Boom, it's in the back of the net. So... I'm a little bit concerned, Lapore. Like, I love how well they've been playing defensively. And, you know, I said that they were 26th in the league in goals per game. They're third in the league in goals against per game right now. So yeah. they have been excellent on the defensive side of the puck. But when you're getting all these scoring chances and pucks aren't going in, yes, it's, you know, a little bit of it has to do with just being unlucky. Like, like I said, with Austin Matthews, you had that save that Saros made on the two-on-one. Then you have that wizardry where the puck just doesn't go in the net. All the other chances he gets, he's firing pucks on net from every angle. And it's like, you know, I'm even looking at Matthew's career numbers, Lapore. Like right now, he's going to ask what his shooting shooting percentage was. He's nine and a half percent his shooting percentage this season. And for his career, like 15.8%. 15. 15.8% 15.8% for his career, and he's at 9.8% this season. So, again, you would think it's going to turn around at some point. Like, you would like to see the floodgates open here with Austin Matthews and, and see, you know, things that you saw last season where it's like every shot he took was going in the net. And, you know, I don't think he's – no one really expected him to score 65 goals like he was on pace for last season. But there was a lot of people that were penciling in Matthews, and I think me and you included, for a 50-goal season this year. And yeah. at this point, just based on how he's, you know, the pace he's on right now, I don't think he's going to hit 50. And again, a guy like that, could it could turn around in a second. But that has me a little bit concerned. But the way that they're playing defensively has me, has me a little calmer 
than I would be, I guess, maybe in previous seasons. Yeah, well, that that's a no-brainer. Like, in that topic, it's not even close. And as you mentioned earlier, it's kind of weird for us Leafs fans to be like, wow, the Leafs are good defensively. Like, it's like, what? It's like kind, of, kind of confusing because we're, we're not used to saying that around here. So we'll take it, though, at the end of the day. They're winning games, and I guess it doesn't matter how they're winning games, but we just like to see uh, more goals, Leafs, more uh, more lighting of the lamp. Yeah, give us, like, a, a nice 6 nothing victory yeah. at some point. <laughs> Getting greedy, are we? We, 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 need, we, need, we need a nice blowout. Yeah. Leafs Nation is 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 ready for a nice blowout, and I think the Leafs want a nice blowout as well because, you know, I I like these tight checking games where they win two nothing, three nothing, two to one. But I I want to see an absolute beatdown coming mm-hmm. up this week. It's time for a quick break for a word about my bookie. This year, American Thanksgiving and my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a two hundred and fifty dollar risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to 250 bucks. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that is amazing. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit using the promo code GFP at MyBookie. That's promo code GFP to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Ho, 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 gentlemen. The holidays came early at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Lapore, these products are awesome. Bruno, these products are awesome. And what I love about Manscaped is they've got you fully covered. You have the Lawnmower 4.0, you have the ball deodorant, you have the ball spray. As you mentioned, I'll hold them up again. You have the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. You have the body wash. And when you're all done grooming yourself and you're feeling good, you can put on these amazing Manscaped underwear. Head to toe, Manscaped has you covered. You said it, Lepore, so many awesome products. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you gotta head to Manscaped and pick up a lot of these products for you or the man in your life who needs them. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code GFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code GFP20. Let's move on to the second game of the week. Sure. So like I mentioned earlier, the Rangers came into Toronto on Thursday night. The Leafs picked up a 2-1 win and once again, Lapore was another excellent defensive performance. Like yep. it's insane how many times we've said that this season where the Leafs have just been awesome defensively. They didn't give the Rangers anything in this game. Yeah. Like I know the Rangers right now, like looking at the standings, where are the Rangers? 
right now in the Metro. They're, they're third right now mm-hmm. behind Carolina and Washington. They're 11, four and three, but, but watching that team Lapore on Thursday, they did not look like an 11, four and three team to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought the Leafs were like clearly the superior team in that game, but what did you think of, of that performance on Thursday night? Like you mentioned, it was kind of more of the same. The only difference with this one is that uh, the Leafs scored fairly early. Like Riley took a pass from Simmons. He was able to, I mean, he just shot it on net. It found its way through on Shesterkin. And let's be honest, Leafs fans, we were all a little nervous when we saw Shesterkin in the net again because we all remember what happened last time. He played incredible. I mean, he is incredible, so it wasn't surprising. This, unlike the Nashville game, though, it wasn't the most eventful of a game. And even I remember like in the first period, I think the, sh- the, the shot count finished at seven to five in favor of the Leafs, like low, man, low. And even like uh, the rain, the Rangers have offense. They have shooters. I mean, take your pick at who you like on that team. There's a lot of guys to like. So kind of surprising to see that low of a shot count. Um, moving on to the second period, it was actually Riley again. Matthews made a great play. He was able to keep it in. Riley came off the point, went to the backhand, backhand beat Jesterkin, 2 nothing Leafs. Number one, it's really nice to see the Leafs getting some offensive production from their blue line. And more specifically, it's really nice to see Riley lighting it up again, like getting the points, getting the goals. He, uh, we commented before on this show how like we thought maybe he had lost his confidence offensively or just like he wasn't the same player, maybe not as aggressive. So when he's having a two-goal game, everyone's going to smile. There was a point in the period where, again, our eyebrows raised because Shesterka was making some big saves. Like, he was keeping the Rangers in this game. And unlike the Nashville game, the Leafs were punished. It was – it's funny. I was talking about hockey names, like certain names, like you're just born to be a hockey player. Uh, Dryden Hunt scores the goal for the New York Rangers to make it two-to-one. And you don't get much better than that as far as a hockey name goes, in my opinion. That's Drayden, such a hockey name. Dryden Hunt. Like, what a name. So, two to one going into the uh, third period. And kind of how I touched on earlier, how Nashville hadn't been in Toronto in three seasons. And we talked about how like cool it is to see like new teams and new players. Like, I'll be honest here, especially with last year and the setup of the season, there was a lot of like teams and players you didn't watch or you didn't get to watch as much as you liked. I kind of forgot how good Artemi Panarin was. Yeah, he's so sick. Oh, my God. Like, watching this game, just every time he got the puck, you're just like, uh, like, a little nervous because you're so worried about what he's going to do. Just all over the place. He had a couple half chances, uh, but wasn't able to score. Um, there was a big scramble to uh, to finish the game, but the puck ended up floating over Campbell's head and over the net. Uh, so, Leafs win. They hung on for a 2-1 to win. And the final shot count of the game was 30 to 28 in favor of the Buds. And not surprising, Leafs dominate the underlying numbers again. Money Puck had this game uh, as a Leafs win 63% of the time. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm so happy Morgan Riley was the, you know, he was the main star of this game, scoring two goals. And it seems like he's gotten his confidence back. I'm sick of the Morgan Riley slander because when he signed that contract, a couple of weeks ago, you know, there's still people out there saying this guy's not very good. He's what? awful. He's awful defensively. 
you know, and you know me, I, I'm in the weeds and maybe I'm different because I'm on TikTok and Twitter and all these things. And I know you're obviously on Twitter and other social media platforms, but maybe I'm just like too in the weeds. But <laughs> I'm still, I'm still seeing comments, Lepore, just some stupid comments that I don't know. There's this narrative out there that just Morgan Riley's like, like he average, not that he sucks, but he's just not very good. Yeah. And it's like, wake up. I've been watching this guy now for his entire Leafs tenure and very closely, specifically over the last two seasons while we've been doing this podcast. He is a damn good player. And when Morgan Riley is making plays like he made on Thursday night against the New York Rangers, when he's he's got that swag in the offensive zone where he's like toe dragging guys and he's jumping into the play. He's so good. Mm-hmm. He is so, so good. So I don't want to hear any shit about Morgan Riley not being good defensively, being a mediocre defenseman. He's the number one defenseman on this team. He's going to be very much in play to me to make the Canadian Olympic team. And it was just so good to see him make plays in this game. And again, it's been happening throughout the season, but I think this year specifically, I don't know if he talked to Sheldon Keefe or I don't know if he just had an internal, you know, conversation with himself, but I think he's made an effort to be more of the Morgan Riley we saw back to his 20 goal season under Mike Babcock, where he had 20 goals, 72 points. He's one of the best offensive D men in the league. So I'm just happy to see Morgan Riley playing so well. And once again, Lavore, yeah, the Leafs didn't really give the Rangers anything, a 2-1 win. Um, That's basically what's been happening all year with this team. not shocking. But if you had to bet right now, Bruno, like someone puts the briefcase of a million dollars in front of you and says, if you get this question right, you get the cash. Will Morgan Riley be on the Olympic team? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Because even if he makes it as a seventh defenseman, I still win the money, correct? Yeah, he's still got he's on the team. You're asking rules. Yeah, he's, he's got to get a jersey. That's the only thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So even if he's like, you know, PK Subban, seventh defenseman. But no, honestly, like you look Remember at that. The, the depth on the left side for Team Canada. Like you got Shea Theodore, like Darnell Nurse, who is injured right now and hasn't been nearly the player that he was last season. Mm. And then you basically have Morgan Riley. And I, I know we've gone through the blue line in, in a previous show, I'd have to look at some of the other left-handed shooting Canadian defensemen, but he's, he's right there. Lapore. He really is. He, like he's right there. And I think he, and again, we've had the conversation about John Tavares. Like we could, there's a, there's a scenario where we could see Mitch Marner, John Tavares and Morgan Riley all on the Canadian Olympic team. I think it's totally in play. Definitely. Definitely. Is there anything else from this game Lapore, that you want to get off your chest or now let's on. let's move on to the uh the one game that upset us this week. It's always more fun, right? All right, let's do that. And you said it, man. Pittsburgh comes into Toronto on Saturday night. Sid the kid in the lineup for Pittsburgh cuz as you know, Leafs Nation, the last time we saw the Leafs play the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins, it was a complete embarrassment. It was Yeah, the Steelers showed up and scored a touchdown is what happened. Oh my goodness. It, it was right on the mantle with the Zamboni driver, with all the other shit we've seen from this team, you know, blowing leads in the playoffs. And it, it was it was a disaster. They lost 7-1 to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh didn't have Crosby, Malkin, Jeff Carter, Brian Russ, Chris Latang. <laughs> The entire lineup was out. The Leafs were playing an AHL team and got blown out seven to one. Mm. And then, of course, they're on this, you know, five game winning streak, winning 
10 out of their last 11 games. And then Pittsburgh rolls in and, and wins two, nothing. And it was a weird game. Cause like I said earlier in the show, Lepore, I, I didn't think the Leafs played poorly by any means. And, and even Campbell, Campbell made 29 saves. Yeah. He looked and, good. and then, you know, you have Pittsburgh with that stupid bounce off cap and skate. And it goes like 15 feet in the air, cross ice right onto the guy's stick. Like, it was just a weird game, and I, I don't know. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on this game? Because I, I didn't think the Leafs played poorly by any means. No. I mean, people often hear me say, you know, the puck just wouldn't go in for the Leafs or for a certain player. That was this game. Like, I think the final count of goalposts hit for the Leafs was five. Like, Willie had two. Marner had one. Marner had one, like, very, very early in the game. Like, the uh, the Penguins turned it over. To Matthews, of all people, he got to Marner. Marner made a great move to the backhand, I think it was, and just put it off the crossbar, unable to score. And uh, Pittsburgh punished us for not being able to capitalize on that chance because it was Jake Gensall who scored, made it one nothing for the Pens. I think Gensall might be one of the most – I mean, he's recognized as a great player. I think he might be one of the most underrated players in the league, man. Like, he, he's, he's oh, a yeah, great 100%. player. And then a little later in the period, that goal you mentioned where – it just did it go off a stanchion or just came like flying off the boards in, in a weird way. I don't know. It but... was bizarre. Like they didn't even the broadcast didn't have a great look at it, but it yeah. looked like it like bounced off Captain and Skate, who was like yeah. right up against the boards. I don't know if like he if it deflected off his stick as well. And then it just goes like 10, 15 feet in the air, cross ice perfectly onto his teammate's stick. Like it was it was just insane. Yeah, pretty sure uh, Kasperi didn't get a single bounce like that during his entire time in Toronto. So good, good to know that he finally got a, ba- a bounce to go uh, <laughs> yeah, his way. Kasperi. Yeah, good for him. Uh, Jeff Carter tucked it in. One of my favorite players. So somewhat happy to see Jeff score a goal. But, you know, of course, it's against my team. So Pens go into the second period with a 2 nothing, uh lead. The Leafs got an early power play. And this power play actually looked pretty good, but uh, Willie struck struck the post. As I said, the Leafs couldn't buy one in this game. Um, and Campbell played really well in this period. Um, I feel like we're just saying that over and over again, that Campbell played awesome. And uh, he was able to keep the Leafs in the game going into the third with some big saves. Uh, early in the third, Engvall on a half breakaway, hits the post again. Yari made some big saves on uh, Simmons and Bunting because, you know, of course... And uh, the Leafs, though, did get that five-on-three that uh, we touched on earlier. That was pathetic. (laughs) Like, that was genuinely pathetic. And Bruno's heard me say it a million times. I've said it before on this show. Anytime a team gets a long five-on-three, I'm not confident they're going to score. Because there's that little bit of like lackadaisiness, like we have time, let's bring it up slowly, let's pass it around for a perfect chance. And it never works. Number one, too much time is wasted doing what I just went over. And number two, you're naturally looking for a perfect chance because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, I have time to make that perfect chance. But then you see a team get a a 25 second five on three, face off, bang, bang, shot, rebound, goal. Like the fact of the matter is you have a two man advantage. There are two more bodies on the ice for your team compared to the other team. Just get a chance, fire the puck on the net. The pucks there. The math is you'll keep possession if you don't score. 
But anyways, it looked brutal. And the camera kept kept going to Dubas. And Dubas was just like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, like he, he's watching this thing. He's like, I guess no one just pays attention to like what Sheldon and I are trying to input here because like fucking disaster, like how, how bad it looked. And again, you'd love to you'd love to get like a Dubas on like the uh, like the honesty thing. He's again watching it. Uh, Austin, Willie, Mitch, John. Morgan, I pay you a lot of money. I pay you a lot of money. And I'm not trying to go on some rant about how Dubis is disappointed in those five altogether. But in that moment, just like, guys, like, come on. Like, can we get some scoring chances on like a minute and 45, five on three or whatever it was? Anyways, at that point, when we got that five on three, you kind of got that feeling that the Leafs would at least get back into the game. But just no, like I said, absolutely terrible. And uh, yeah, like you said, the Leafs were shut out for the first time this season. And like, I'll say it as a Leaf fan, call me a homer, fuck, I don't care. Like when the Leafs get scored on first, it's funny because like I've kind of acknowledged that Twitter is like Leafs Twitter is unable to handle the Toronto Maple Leafs trailing in a game. It's like if the other team scores the first goal, everyone's like full on meltdown. Like you'll see the tweet from like the Toronto Maple Leafs account, Toronto Maple Leafs account saying one nothing for the other team, and it's immediately like hundreds of negative comments. It's like guys, like they're down one nothing, and like to me, I never really get nervous down one nothing. So I'm like, the Leafs aren't going to get shut out. Like we're going to score at least two. Like so, I'm I'm not. I never get worried. But this one is a weird one. Felt weird. Leafs get shut out for the first time this season. The shot count finished. We haven't said this too many uh, too many times in the show. Uh, the Leafs trailed 31-26 was the final count. But again, money puck with all those chances, all those posts, the Leafs would have won this game, according to them, 68% of the time. And the game was a weird one at the end of the day, like Pittsburgh scored early and then another first period goal and then just kind of held on, I guess. And but like you said, Campbell did play well. And I touched on some saves he made in the second to keep it close. But the winning streak's over. Have been on home ice. We didn't get uh, revenge on getting embarrassed in Pittsburgh. So you try your best to dust it off and move on. I'm with you, Lapore. When they were down one nothing, like you just thought the Leafs were going to come back into the game. Even when they were down two nothing, yeah. you, you felt that they were going to come back, and it was just one of those games they didn't. And maybe, like I said, it's something we should be a little bit more concerned about, considering how I don't want to call it how bad the offense has been, but how below average it's been this season that maybe- it's about capitalizing man it's yeah. just like at, at the end of the day this team gets so many scoring chances like man you're watching it just like point blank opportunities for not only the star players the guys lower in the lineup like man i'll say your boy wayne simmons like it's getting out of hand now he's getting like, so many chances oh my god he, he he must like they show up they always show that stat like uh goals versus the players expected goals He's got to be like the worst in the league. Like there, there's no way he's, he's not near the bottom of the league. Like it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. He, he's getting a ton of chances. Like for, first you have Nick Ritchie who gets like no scoring chances. And yeah. then you have Wayne Simmons who gets <laughs> yeah. like triple the amount of scoring chances and can't score. So, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating because it's not just the big boys that are getting a ton of chances. It's, it's the depth guys as well. And I know we've now seen Andre Kasha, turned it on he's got four goals in his last seven games and awesome. michael bunting has been playing well but we still need to see some more goals from this team and before we completely slander the power play 
I will say right now, the Leafs are seventh in the NHL in power play percentage at 23.2%. So it's a good clip, but like you said, Laporte, that five on three was egregious. <laughs> Fucking horrible. It just get... gets to the point where it's like, are these guys just overthinking? Exactly like, what it really, is, Bruno. You can't really point to anything else. Like it, it's really just them overthinking trying to make the perfect play, Matthews and Marner, like holding onto the puck too long. It's just like, just get the damn puck off your stick, whether it's pass, you know, a quick pass, a quick shot. And, and listen, I'm all for finding the right shooting lane, you know, getting the best look you can. But when you're on a five on three, just let your talent take over. What hurts the Leafs, and like this is a topic, comment down below, like what you think the answer is. Kind of like I mentioned before, like win the draw, quick pass shot, and then deal with it is the problem with the Leafs five on three. And I feel like we've had this problem for a while, or maybe I'm just creating in my head because I'm a negative person when it comes to my favorite hockey team. Is it because we don't have a big blast from the point? So that, it's like, we, that's we, definitely a factor. Like we talk about like, oh, they're trying to create the perfect chance. It's like, well, that's kind of the DNA of these guys five on five, let alone five on three. So like Riley, like Riley's, you're expecting him to pass it to one of the guys on the off wing or use the bumper. So maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. And it sounds like a stupid question, but I don't want to say, or don't want to ask the question, like, do teams practice five on threes? Like, I'm sure they do, but say the Leafs five on three, like, are they strategizing to the point where there are a few set plays and you just try to execute them as many times as you can in that five on three. I don't know. Or just if they have been practicing their five on three power play, they maybe practice it twice. Yeah. And I'm just saying that based <laughs> on how I've seen them execute it this season, because yeah. I almost think the Leafs are just like, you know, screw it. We're all all stars here. Like, let's just figure it out. Whereas they're probably doing a lot more actual five on four power play practice. Yeah. But no, I, I think you make a good point about Riley not having that, you know, booming one-timer from the point. And we've talked about this, even go back to our shows from last season. We talked about this so many times where the, Riley has to start shooting the puck more. He, I mean, first of all, he just doesn't have a great one-timer. But like I mentioned, I think he is making more of an effort to not only, you know, jump into the play more and try to make more... You know, even like, like I said, how he made that toe drag going back to that, that Rangers game and, and being more aggressive. But I think he is also trying to shoot the puck more. Mm -hmm. And I know he doesn't have that slap shot, but you know, that quick snapshot and wrist shot that he has, I think we're seeing him. I think we're seeing him taking more opportunities when the team is, when the other team is giving it to him. And I think that's why the power play has been better. Like, even if you look at Lepore, this 11 and two stretch the Leafs have been on dating back to October 27th. Leafs have the best record in the NHL over their last 13 games. And just looking at their power play in that span, they are fifth in the league, 29.4% on the power play over this 11 and two stretch. So the power play obviously has been better than it was earlier in the season, but, but I'm with you, man. It's like, it still feels like it could be a tier better than it is. Yeah. Like it, it still feels like it could be on par with the Oilers power play. And maybe no power play ever is going to be on par with this insane Oilers power play with dry settle and McDavid. But it just feels like the Leafs are, are, are just missing something. 
I think it's fair to say though, man, like sometimes people say like, oh, your expectations are ridiculous. Like I mentioned the guys on that power play. Like I'm not saying it's got to be first in the league every year, but I expect like a bananas elite power play. It's like, if I pay my goalie $10 million, I expect very good goaltending. If I'm paying my forwards that kind of dough, I better not see five on threes like we saw in that game against Pittsburgh. I mean, and again, like it's going to happen. Like I'm not trying to like uh, press the alarm button or anything. I'm just saying, like, I think it could be better. And I think based on the personnel we have uh, stepping on the ice and we uh, have one more uh, guy than the other team, I think it should be better. I really do. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. It, it's still, despite the numbers being better over the last little while, there still is a little bit of cause for concern, you know, just based on the eye test. Never mind the analytics, just watching them work it around on the man advantage. But Lepore, let's move on now to the final game of the week. And, and what a great moment this was for Joseph Wall. Yeah. And we talked about this on the last show. Like Joseph Wall isn't very good. Just looking <laughs> <laughs> like straight up, just looking at his numbers in the AHL. Um, I, I had the numbers on the last show. I believe he had like an 888 save percentage in over 50 AHL games. Like there's a reason this guy was the fourth string goalie in the organization. Like it's not like he's, you know, Carter Hart or somebody like that who's or Spencer Knight on Florida. Like don't get carried away here. It was it was great. He got his shutout. I was I wasn't expecting that at all. But, you know, kudos to Joseph Wall. He was I thought he was excellent in this game. He only had to make 20 saves, mostly because the New York Islanders are just an abomination right now. They, They're shit right now. They yeah. have now lost 6 games in a row and have been outscored 27 to 6. Ah, Bruno, you stole my stat. You stole my stat. I wrote that one down. Oh shit, did I? Man. Stole a poor stat. It's a Glor- great stat. Glory hog, Anthony Bruno. But uh, I mean, come on, six goals in six games. You've been outscored twenty-seven to six. So that that team is is a disaster right now. But but you know, shout out to to Joseph Wall who picks up the twenty save shutout and uh, it was a dominant performance from the Leafs. Lapore. Yeah, man. Uh, but it happened because we knew it was going to happen. Opening face off. JT's lined up. And the Islanders fans start with their booze. I'm going to say it, Bruno. Get over it, Islanders fans. Like, get over it. Like, enough with these insecurities. And, yeah, I use the word insecurities. You have a good team. You have a good coach. You have a new arena. Move the fuck on. John Tavares plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And your team, you can even argue, benefited from it. You guys look good. You guys gotten better since. Everyone loves the New York Islanders. So enough with this JT bullshit. Like it's so old and tired. Anyways, so you mentioned the uh, the lack of success the Islanders have had uh, scoring goals. Well, they got a four on three uh, power play um, against the Leafs, and it completely backfired on them because Jake Muzzin made one hell of a pass to Mitch Marner, who we all knew he was going to deke because you know Mitch isn't going to shoot it, but he deked to the backhand. He scored uh, one nothing Leafs. Uh, I mentioned Wayne Simmons not being able to score a goal, even if we gave him a billion dollars to get one. He was stopped after a pass from Spezza. It was a great pass from Spezza, who actually I think has been a little quiet lately. I don't he know, has. Because, we, maybe, we, you know, we're we're number one on the Jason Spezza. Yeah. You know, we're we're leading that train, captain of the fan club. But 
man, oh man, he has he hasn't been the same as last as last season. He's uh he's got to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, Mr. even Jason earlier in the stuff. season, like maybe because the big boys are scoring again now, it's like we don't need it, or maybe how Keith handles them, I don't know. Uh, a little later in the period, uh, Muzzin hit a post through a screenshot, uh, came out, unlucky bounce for the Leafs. So they go into the second period up one nothing. Um, solid period for the Leafs. This was a really solid period for the Leafs, but they just weren't able to score. Um, and it wasn't even a matter of like, you know, Sorokin standing on his head. It just, I mean, he made a few big saves, but Leafs missed the net a lot, like you said, put on his chest a few times. After two periods, man, and time like how bad the Islanders have looked lately, and like they're, they're dealing with a lot, and like we'll, we'll get to that. The shot count after two periods was 25 to 13 in favor of the Buds. And as I mentioned, like the Islanders had that four on three power play, so wasn't looking good for them. Their fans were getting reckless uh, going into the third period. It was a great connection, actually, who scored the Leafs' second goal. It was down low, Richie, who got it to Kampf, who got it to who soon maybe our favorite player on this podcast Andre Kasha uh nice little celebration to make it two nothing for the buds uh Matthews was robbed a little later like chalk it up what we'll make else the is list. new yeah we'll make the list of things we say um or like the, a drinking game like we'll make a drinking game on this show every time we say Matthews was robbed this season Sorokin made a hell of a save on him it was a great pass from Bunting like I think it's backhand uh back door but Sorokin got across um but uh, Marner was able to make it three nothing for the Leafs off a great pass uh, from Bunting. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Austin can learn something from Mitch. I never thought I'd say that, but took the pass, slid it underneath Sorokin. Three nothing Leafs. The final shot count, gross one for New York Islanders fans who came to see their team in their new building. Forty to twenty in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it was uh, Money Puck had that one at a, a, a win for the Leafs 69% of the time. So not a good showing from the Islanders. And again, they're dealing with COVID. They're dealing with injuries. But they still got a lot of guys in the lineup. And like, I'll say it, man. Like, and, I, and I'm a big fanboy of his. I did not notice Barzal at all. Like, yeah, at he, he all. was a ghost in this and, game. Yeah, like I think I saw him like like yeah, the, they were pressing a little bit in the third, and he got, he came off the blue line. I was like, oh my god, Barzal! Like like I, I didn't notice him all game. And this is a guy we put on Team Canada. We both put on Team Canada in our preview show. Um, so I don't know, man. Like I think he's got eight points for the season. Like that's disappointing, man. And again, talk about these injuries. Like man, now's your time to step up. Like he's the big boy there, right? Like he's like their gem. Like imagine. Willie or Mitch or Austin had eight points. Yeah, like it, he's been he's been awful. Eight yeah. points in fifteen games. He's only got four goals. Yeah, not that's good, not man. good for Matt Barzell. I mean, there, and there was a lot of stuff like with his contract. People thought he should have got more, but like he's kind of in shackles with the Islanders, and he's not putting up the points that he would on another team. But man, uh, you got to man up, man. You got to man up. And you know what? We were just making fun of the Leafs' power play, but. You will never make fun of the Leafs power play again when you watch this Islanders team <laughs> on the power play. Well, like I said, the fans were booing them like during their power play. Oh my it was. God. They were on that four on three. And I, I just, I mean, it was an abomination. Mm. Like obviously Marner scored the shorthanded goal, but I don't even think they got a single scoring chance on that four on three power play. That team right now, I mean, it's funny because you go back to the preseason 
there were there were a lot of experts out there, Lapore, who picked this team to go all the way. All the way. To win the Stanley Cup. Wow. Okay. There, there are certain people out there that had this team winning the Stanley Cup. And I know they've made it to the final four the last couple of seasons. And they've been one of the best defensive teams in the NHL since Barry Trotz came over there. But right now, this team is awful. Like, I don't even think they're a playoff team at this point. And I, I know it's still, you know, we're only 20 games into the season, but I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs because that's a tough division, that Metropolitan division. And this team can't score. They suck on the power play. Like right now, where are the Islanders? They're operating at 12.2% on the what? power play. 12 point, that's got to be dead last. It's actually not, believe oh, it or God. not. Dead oh. last is is Pittsburgh. Oh, well, yeah, they had no. I was gonna. They had no guys. Yeah, they were. Eleven point five percent, and then Vegas, tw- also twelve point two percent. So they're basically in a dead heat with the Islanders. Yeah, but again, like they've had injuries. Their star play, they don't have their power play. And again, so have the Islanders. But yeah, that that's I mean. true. And then even looking at goals per game, the Islanders thirty first in the league, just ahead of the Arizona Coyotes. They are scoring just over two goals a game, 2.07 goals per game. And then, you know, you think of the Islanders as this defensive juggernaut, but this season, where do they rank in, in goals against, as I try to find them here, 20th Lapore in goals against, a team that is consistently, especially since Barry Trotz became head coach, like top three, top five in the league. So yeah. it's not looking good for the New York Islanders, but Going back to the Leafs for a second, Mitch Marner, I thought he was excellent in this game. And low-key, Lapore, he now leads the Leafs in scoring. Boom. 17 points in 20 games because, Boom. you know, he got off to a slow start. You know, there were people saying, trade Marner. This is terrible. He doesn't score. And, you know, going back to the playoffs against Montreal and his awful goalish drought in the playoffs. But Mitch Marner now, once again, like he usually does, leading the Leafs in scoring with 17 points in 20 games. So overall, Lapore, I was pleased. Oh, it was uh, this great past game. week. Yeah, three like, and one. Sure, you want to see this team score some more goals, but another great defensive performance. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's if they can continue this, this is how you want to see them play in the playoffs, right? Yeah, like uh, I'll make the reference to like the German national soccer team that they just like hum along like a buzzsaw, and it's just like consistent and solid. And you're never really afraid or not too often you're afraid, but they look good right now. One thing I will touch on, touch on again with the Islanders is uh, I mentioned before how like I kind of didn't notice Barzal at all. Zach Parise, like one of those things, that was a pretty big pickup for them. Like after he got bought out in Minnesota, he doesn't have a goal yet. And I think he's only got like two or three assists. And like he's yeah. he's been in 15 games. So three assists in 15 games. He's he's got the Nick Ritchie stat line. Yeah, so not good, man. Like, I mean, Islanders fans, I mean, I'm sure you're throwing shit at us right now, but comment down below. I'd like to know their opinions on Chara, like how he's looked so far with the team. Like, I know he's playing minutes. Like, I think I saw his average minutes at like 17, 18 minutes a game. But uh, I'd like to know, like at this point, they thought it was like a good pickup and not that it was a huge investment, but just how it's going. Yeah, this team, this team's in trouble. And, and we talked about this even going back to last year when they were in the the final four taking on the Tampa Bay lightning. Like what's the ceiling of a team like this? Yeah, and I compared like the them, Islanders, eh, Bruno? 
you compare I compare them to the Montreal Canadiens as well. It's like when you oh. have, when you have this much <laughs> trouble scoring goals, when you don't have elite level players, and I know Barzell is, you know, he's a really good player. Right now he's not with eight points in 15 games, but when you have a lack of talent up front, this is the result. Like how long can you keep playing that game where it's like, we're the defensive juggernaut that's only going to allow two goals a game and win every game two to one. You know, when you start losing talent and your GM starts making bad decisions, like, you know, everyone likes to, you know, I don't know how Lou Lamorella, well, I know how he keeps, you know, winning GM of the year. Or oh, give me a fucking break. Don't get me started on oh, that. Because all the hockey the men award. out there, they just oh, love Lou Lamorella. Mike. Yeah, goodness. the Leo Komarov contract. That one looks great, Lou. Like the Martin contract. That, don't get me started on him winning GM of the year. Oh, oh it's my just, God. It, it's just so egregious. Oh. Like, and then, yeah, it's like when you keep losing all this talent and you keep signing bad players to play on your hockey team, well, guess what? You're going to be bad, even yeah. if you have Barry Trotz who's, in my opinion, I still think he is the best coach in the NHL just based yeah, on his sure. his career track record and what he's done with, with teams that on paper aren't very good, specifically this New York Islanders team. But it seems like it's just all catching up to the Islanders at this point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Laporte, let's get into a, a conversation about the Leafs. And I know we, we touched on this earlier in the show, but I want to dig a little bit deeper about this lack of offense. Yeah. How concerned should we be? Because you go back to the playoffs against the Montreal Canadiens, like Matthews Can and Marner combine. They combine for one goal, Lepore. You go back to the series against the Columbus Blue Jackets in the bubble. The Leafs scored 10 goals in five games. So should we be concerned as good as they are defensively, like come playoff time, if they're still, you know, 26th in the league in goals per game, like should we be ringing the alarm bells here thinking – that this could all go south come playoff time? Yeah. I mean, we should be worried. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a little bit more time for the numbers to even out, as I always say. But we got to score more, man. Like, you can't, you can't just hope to win games like this all the time. And Campbell's playing really well. Like, I think it's a fine line, man. Like, and I'm going to kind of shit on the Leafs a bit here. So here we are with this record on fire hottest team in the league but right now like would Campbell win the Vezina he might probably yeah he's gonna he, he's right now I think outs, he's, a, like, he's a finalist for the Vezina trophy yeah if so we're to end the season right now like I'd like to see like what would the Leafs record be with average goaltending so like and like I mentioned in these games like how many times like they're up by one he makes a big save or he makes a big save early bailing them out and I would say we make the mistake of focusing too much on a result. So you see the Leafs or any team in any sport, like they win a game and like, and you make an assessment based on the result. But when you look back at the game, you can really dissect things and say, well, this could have went either way. You think even if a team did win three or four, nothing like all it, you look back and the team missed two scoring chances early in the first Well, that swung the game around. And we've agreed that he's our MVP so far. And I have a problem with that. I genuinely have a problem with Jack Campbell being the MVP of this team. Um, I'm rooting for Jack. I'm happy we have him. He's obviously been a, a positive influence in the room. But when you have the type of offensive talent that this team has, I think we're saying far often, too, uh, far too often on this podcast that the player of the game was Jack Campbell. 
that's not what it should be. It should be Matthews got two goals or Marner got a goal and two helpers or JT scored a big power play goal. Willie went bar down. So as happy as I am to see how the Leafs are in the standings right now, and as happy as I am to see that Jack Campbell is playing incredibly well, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't like how we're getting there. I really don't. Like we mentioned these games this week. Toronto should have blown the shit off the door against Nashville. That game should have been a six, nothing game an eight, nothing game based on the scoring chances. And then move the Islanders game. That game should have been a fucking blowout. The shots were 40 to 20 and they were one, nothing going into the third. All it takes is a power play that goes off a knee and in, a knee and in, and now you're in a game. So again, as happy as I am with the record, am I impressed? I'm impressed with the defensive play. I'm impressed with Campbell, but based on the makeup of this team and my expectations of this team, and I see even from the visual perspective, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I want to see them win better. And call me greedy, call me whatever. Fuck it. I've been through a lot of shit as a Leafs fan (laughs) during my entire life. So I'm allowed to have high expectations and we have the kind of talent we have on this team. Like I want to see them blow teams out. Heck, even like win a game six, three, even like, like once in a while. Just one time. Yeah. Show me like, if you let in the three goals, show me that you can light it up. Like, like you said, we haven't seen it yet this year. And like you mentioned, like Matthew's numbers, like I was even shocked. I wouldn't have guessed that his career shooting percentage was as high as 15. I probably would have guessed like 12 or 13, but he said he's shooting at like nine. So I mean, like based on the math, he should have 50% more goals. So asking me this question again, like we're, I think exactly at the quarter season of the, the quarter mark of the season. So ask me in 20 odd games, like the same question and we'll see where we're at. But right now I'm going to judge it on results. I'm going to judge it on stats and I'm happy to see the Leafs winning, but I'm not happy with how they're winning. I'm right there with you. I'm concerned. And I just yeah. go back over the Matt, the Austin Matthews era. And I always kind of put things into you know different eras right like you go back to the Fanuf and Kessel era but I think the slate was cleaned when Matthews Marner Nylander and all those guys and even Hyman for that matter when they all came in as rookies in 2016-2017 and you just go over the numbers over the last five seasons Lepore here's where the Leafs have ranked in goals per game sixth third fourth tied for third and fifth so they Mm. have been top six in the league five consecutive season in goals per game. That's never been an issue for this team. And again, for the 20th time on this podcast, they are 26th in the league in goals per game. And there was another crazy stat I saw on Saturday night after the Leafs lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Leafs lead the league in shot attempts this season in, in terms of five on five shot attempts, shot attempts, you know, at at all strengths for that matter, power play, everything. They lead the league in shot attempts, but they also lead the league in missed shot attempts. So shots that miss the net or hit the post slash crossbar. And they were, as of Saturday night, 50 missed shots ahead of the next team. Oh my God. Like that's concerning. 20 games in. Yep. Oh my God. Missed shot attempts ahead. You said that's concerning of the next yeah. team on the list. So I'm a little bit concerned. And again, as good as, as good as they've been defensively, like third in the league in goals against per game. And this is the complete opposite of what we've seen 
in the Matthews and Marner era. Last five seasons, Leafs in goals against per game. Last year, they were really good, seventh. But then 26th, 20th, 12th, and 22nd over the last five seasons. So it's like the tables have completely turned. Now the Leafs are juggernaut defensively and can't score a goal despite all the talent they have. So I'm definitely concerned, Lapore, because at some point, it's like when you have all these chances, we can't be like, for example, we can't be like 57 games in and we can't be saying positive regression. Everything's yeah, going to work exactly. out. Yeah, so no. The bounces are going to go in. Like if this is still happening, you know, at the 50, 60 game mark, then I would be like, oh my God, like I'm extremely concerned, like ring every alarm bell possible. Mm. Right now I'm concerned, but I'm not like panic mode by any means. Yeah, that when, makes sense. When you were going over those numbers then, you know what jumped out to me? So you mentioned how good they've been in the Matthews era and where they sit right now during this season. I'd, our power play has been decent. So like that goals four per game stat shows that is, is representative of like the power playing being, being decent as well. So let's say we had even an average power play or a poor power play, like in, in previous seasons, it'd be even worse. So five on five, man, it's five on five. And as a Leafs fan, I'll say it. That's what, always what we bragged about. We're the best five on five team. We create the most chances. Matthews has got the most five on five goals. That's when it matters. Not this year, man. Not so, and this is not so far anyway. Yeah, it, it's definitely concerning. You would think at some point with all the talent they have, they're going to turn it around, but we're getting to a point now where we're 20 games in. It, it's got to happen real, real soon. And and one thing before we move on, also shout out to the Leafs penalty kill. They're third in the yes. league right now. Yeah. So the special teams in general, seventh in power play percentage, third ranked penalty kill. So the special teams have been good. The goaltending has been good. The, the defense has been good. This offense, though, you got to get going real soon. But Lepore, before we end this podcast, let's have a quick conversation about a couple other Canadian teams. Similar to what we did on one of our last podcasts, the Vancouver Canucks and Montreal Canadiens. Both of these teams, in their own ways, suck right now. The Montreal Canadiens, we've gone over this before. After making it to the Stanley Cup final last season, this year has been an absolute train wreck. They are currently, based on points percentage, 29th in the NHL. They have a minus 26 goal differential. They have five wins in 20 games. The Vancouver Canucks, a little bit ahead of them, Lepore. Uh, They are... Where are they? They are uh, the fifth worst team in terms of points percentage. So, sorry, the Habs are 30th, and the Canucks are 28th in points percentage. They have six wins in 19 games with a minus 16 goal differential. So I ask you this question, Lepore. Which team would you rather be right now and also in the future, near future, the Montreal Canadiens or the Vancouver Canucks? Wow. I will say first though, uh, I'm people who know me well, know I'm a, a BC boy, two great places to live. <laughs> I'll start that. I love the city of Montreal and I love, uh, I love Vancouver, but who would I rather be? That's a good question, Bruno. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think I would rather be the Vancouver Canucks. I really do. 
And I say that because I look at what's happening in Montreal and yeah, they're dealing with a lot. Okay. They're dealing with a lot, but I feel like these things they're dealing with could be patched up with things they've tried to reinforce in the past. Like already now Montreal Canadiens fans are screaming at me. They're like, Oh, we don't have price and we don't have Weber. First things first, Boo fucking who, because I'm sure all you have stands out there would be like really sympathetic towards the Toronto Maple Leafs if things weren't going well in terms of the injury front or our personnel front. But right off the bat, I'll say, well, you signed Jake Allen. The whole goal of the Jake Allen signing was that, oh, you know, ease the price on, uh, ease the price, ease the, uh, the pressure on Carey Price. And yeah, here he is. He's a $4 million goalie and he's not playing well. Shea Weber, Shea Weber, I know he means a lot to that team, both on the ice and off. But at the same time, we're not talking about a team here that is, say, maybe 500 and or like even a little bit over and they're not playing well and they're just like missing something. No, this is a bad hockey team right now. This is a bad hockey team and guys have not been playing well. Like, again, Montreal fans, as you're yelling at me and screaming at me and calling me a crazy Leaf fan, Think about the guys in your lineup. I'll ask you this. Who are you happy with? Who in your mind has gone above expectations? No one. No Not one. a single player on this team. No one. Is playing well right now. Like what? Suzuki's on pace for maybe like 50, 60 points. I think he's got 14 points in 20 games or something. Yep, you but nailed like, it. Yeah, like you, you got to see guys man up. Like Josh Anderson got a big contract. Like Tyler, Tyler Toffoli's been okay, and we all love Toffoli. Like, but we we all know what happened to Caulfield. On the back end, like guys stepping up, like Romanov, like they got to show something, man. And like, like, if I'm a Montreal fan, yeah, I know like there's bad luck, and I'm not saying that Montreal Canadiens fans should be upset because their team's not in a playoff spot. I think they should be upset at. The lack, the, the lack, the, something's missing with regard to just certain players playing to their potential or in an opportunity like this, stepping up and being the guy. And when you're facing hard times, that's when you want to see that. And that's when you have to see that. And not only is it like, okay, things just quite aren't going their way and we'll see if they can hang on. No, they're bad. Like they had a big win the other day. I say big win. They had a, a, a win the other night. They put up they put up a six spot on Nashville. But looking like I'll, I'll ask you, Bruno, is Montreal season over? Oh, it's done. Oh, okay. this, there's yeah. no the chance page. this team is making the playoffs. And another thing with the Habs, Lapore, they're not a young team. That's it too. Like yeah. I know they got Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and that's the future. And they're they're obviously, you know, two very good young players. I mean, they're not playing like it this year. But the rest of their team, Tyler Toffoli, not young. Josh Anderson, also not young. Same with Brendan Gallagher and Jonathan Drouin and Christian Dvorak. Like, like these guys have been the in the league now. Petrie on the back end, who, by the way, I just don't even know this. Petrie's got zero goals, two assists oh, in, he's 20, been awful. in 20 games, man. And That's Jeff horrid. Petrie, who, you know, going back to when he first joined Montreal and was kind of a late bloomer, like he... He was a guy who early in his career wasn't great, but with the Montreal Canadiens, he turned into one of the better all-around defensemen in the league, one of the better offensive defensemen in the league, and he's been terrible this season. Yeah. Zero goals and two assists in 20 games. 
And even going like through the rest of their blue line, like David Savard, another guy who's obviously not young. Same with Ben Sherratt. Like, so it's not like this team is rebuilding right now. This is just a bad team with bad players. Something I'll point out. uh, Like, and again, we mentioned the two biggest things are Price and Weber, like two huge important pieces to this team, but that's a goalie and that's a defenseman. The Montreal Canadiens only have two players right now, Suzuki and Toffoli, who are averaging more than half a point a game. You That's cannot go. That's not good. And, and to that point, Toffoli's got 12 points in 20. So yeah, he's completely come back down to earth after his goal scoring. His goal, he was amazing last year. I mean, you yeah. can look at, at the stats last year for Tyler Toffoli, 28 goals in 52 games. Like he was essentially scoring at like a 40 goal pace last year. So he's completely come back down to what he's been throughout his entire career, right? He's been like a 20, 25 goal scorer. I think he's got one 30 goal season, but this team right now, just, just struggling across the board. And when you look at the Vancouver Canucks, yeah, you know, I still have this, this hope that if they Fire the GM, Jim Benning. Maybe even <laughs> if they bring in a new coach, because I know Canucks fans have had it with Travis Green. Funny, and- eh? How like two years ago he was the man. Everyone loved he was like the hot, he's like a hot property in the NHL, Travis Green. I know. Crazy how quickly things change. But with that team, you still feel like there's hope that things could change and could change quickly if you bring in a new voice, if you bring in a new general manager. Because you look at that team, like they have more talent than the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. I don't think you can dispute that at all. So how I was going to put it, like, and I do this when I'm comparing teams, if both teams were to blow it up, who would get more return? The Canucks would get way more return. Yeah, the Canucks all day long. Yeah. And the Canucks have a problem. Like, you know, we talked about how Nick Suzuki and a lot of the offensive players on the Habs aren't playing well. Elias Pettersson's been bad this year. And I'm mad because I have him in... Fantasy. multiple fantasy hockey leagues nice. and he's got three po- three goals and 10 points in 19 games Oof! this is a guy who's been a point per game player in his career who at one point like you know what when you know how Sportsnet or even tsm would make those lists of like the top five centers or the top five senator uh, centers on canadian teams or top Shit. five centers in the canadian division going back to last season all of them had elias petterson wow. like top three you know with with McDavid and Matthews and Dreisaitl. And then there's Elias Pettersson. But right now, Elias Pettersson, my goodness, just signed a three-year, $22 million contract, and he has not been good. He has completely lost his confidence. So they, they have some issues. Bo Horvat, 10 points in 19 games. Their best player this year has been JT Miller, who's at a point per game. Other than that, it's been a complete letdown for this Canucks team. But yeah. Saying all that, Lapore, like we said, I, I think we're both on the same page that we would rather be the Vancouver Canucks, not only right now, but also, let's say, in the next two to three years. One point I'll make about Montreal Canadiens fans pointing to the Carey Price thing as well. That's a goal that you tried to give away to Seattle, and they didn't want him. We'll just end with that. I love it. All right, Lapore. Are, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I um, think this was a good one, man. We pumped the Leafs. We shat on the Leafs. We uh, shit on some other Canadian teams that we love to do, even though we love them all. Uh, but yeah, no, good show, man. I had fun. I thought it was a good one. Awesome, man. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good show, too. We got a lot off our chest 
in this episode, Lapore. Um, we're definitely both concerned about the Leafs, especially offensively, and we're going to hope that they turn it around because looking at the schedule next week, it's the California road trip. Remember when that was a nightmare? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that used day. to be just a disaster. It used to be uh, like 0-3. If you get like one point on the California yeah. road trip, as you get like three Coast points, team. it was like, oh my God. Actually, I remember, funny, now we'll get into this topic. The I think it was the year of the 18-wheeler. The Leafs had the California road trip right before that crazy bad streak. And I think they went like 1-1-1 one, one, and one or something. And everyone was like, wow, this Leafs team is the real deal. This and that. Look what they did on the California road trip. And then whatever it was, like they lost 15 out of 17 or however they fell apart. Yeah, and like the 18-wheeler just do, went but, off the cliff. Complete yeah. mess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I think at the bare minimum, Leaf fans are hoping that Toronto wins two out of these three games next week. Yeah, awesome. Wednesday, they got the Kings. Friday, they're at the San Jose Sharks. And then they close out the week on Sunday in Anaheim against the Ducks. Okay. All right. That is going to do it for episode 42 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast or GFP a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. Once again, if you're a new listener and you enjoyed the show, it would be a big time help if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you enjoyed the content, then we would appreciate it so, so much. If you smash that like button, subscribe to the channel and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno, and we will see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>